a look behind closed doors, an ear for disregarded topics, a voice for the quiet ones. Up next on Ara City Radio, Francisca explores local matters. On today's episode of Local Matters, I welcome Sofia Fernandez and Brice Montagne in our studio. Hello, Sofia and Brice. Hello. Hello. So you are both members of the collective Rise for Climate Luxembourg. And together with this movement, you do stage protests from time to time. This is one of your means of protest. And the most recent one was in solidarity with the French movement Soulèvement de la Terre, which is under threat because the French Ministry of Interior wants to dissolve this. Why have you staged this protest? Why is it so important for you to show solidarity with this French movement? Well, it actually has been dissolved the the movement well we stand in solidarity with them because they were um, simply uh, defending let's say territories nature uh, people uh, from very um, really not sustainable projects and with those we totally identify so Uh, we find that it's dangerous to dissolve such movements and we are also afraid that it could, you know, the idea could spread to neighboring countries that it's okay to dissolve people just fighting to defend the, the life on earth. So that was the point behind it. And, and we also mobilized last week uh, in support of the uh, EZLN, the Zapatista movement, Uh, because they are also threatened at the moment because of the agribusiness lobby in Mexico. Um, so And they have called for solidarity uh, recently as well. So we decided that uh, we needed to address both topics uh, because one is just as important as the other because they are the same reflection of the same problem. Um, and... Uh, Since the Zapatista came recently to Luxembourg, uh, we wanted to answer their call. Mm. The French movement, Les Soulèvements de la Terre, it's a collective. It's the one that was founded to protect Notre Dame des Landes, if I'm not mistaken. Well, which, um, yes, you can correct me afterwards. <laughs> You're very welcome to. And um, so it is part of these movements that are that try to defend the zones. In French, you have this ZAD, Zone à Défendre. So it's about occupying land mainly, which is a means of protest that hasn't really been explored this, uh, unless last year with the um, Bösch, Bobesch here in Luxembourg. Um, in Luxembourg, activism seems less disruptive, I'd say. <laughs> like you protest without making police show up or intervene. Um, is the climate crisis less urgent here in Luxembourg? Well, obviously not. <laughs> um, well, just to uh, a very small correction about the Soulèvement de la Terre is uh, they... I'm, if I'm not mistaken, um, the collective that was in Notre Dame des Landes was well um, a part of the, f let's say, foundation of uh, the Soulèvement de la Terre, but it, it regroups like, I don't know, hundreds of smaller collectives all over France uh, who, well, organized together to make a bigger um, impact 
uh, by being together on different um, protests or occupations or something. So, um, yeah, regarding Luxembourg, um, I'd say that uh, occupying places that we're not meant to occupy is a big problem in a lot of people's heads because you have the private property idea that you cannot disrupt and you if you're not allowed to be in a place and a lot of people are kind of afraid to do it and that's maybe why we don't manage to get masses to follow us on these things but we had um occupation of the red bridge 2019 um which we at the time already found was a big step because it was not um decided that way with the police so yeah um how many people did participate there um 2000 people so That that was at the time uh, the biggest non-violent direct action that we organized in cooperation with uh, Youth for Climate, because uh, at the time really they they had taken the lead role already. We were more as supporter maybe, even mm -hmm. though we were mm -hmm, obviously mm -hmm. in the discussions uh, in the strategic discussions. And uh, it's true also in my opinion that the uh, occupation of the Bobish last year, which for uh, this one, we had no um, decision. Uh, we came re completely in support in this one. We were not in the discussions be before it took place. That, that, that was also, in my opinion, a good, a good step forward, uh, even though we were not able to maintain it beyond two weeks, uh, which was a bit disappointing, um, in my opinion. And I think one of the reasons for that is it's not that the climate and environmental crisis is not as dire in Luxembourg uh, or, or as urgent than it is in other countries. Uh, maybe it's just that Luxembourg has so far the ability to pretend like it's still okay. It's mainly due to the fact that, I mean, Luxembourg doesn't have any big open-air coal mines like Germany. It's maybe due to the fact that uh, Luxembourg doesn't have hundreds of communes running out of water like France. Or that it doesn't have a big harbour uh, getting lots of fuel from Total like Belgium. Um, Luxembourg just gets all the product already finished. And it just it can enjoy all the products and ignore some of the consequences. But last year, the the temperature in the streets, for example, in the Gare neighborhood, was completely hellish. Uh, it's going to be this this week as well. And the year before, uh, the floods had impacted Luxembourg a lot. So it is already there. Uh, and I remember the tornado as well three years ago. So it's it's already there. It's just that for the moment, those who mobilized in 2019 in masses, for a large part, have either moved on or lost faith. 
which is, I mean, when you organize such big mobilizations, which were in proportion the biggest in Europe, uh, and nothing really changes, and the party that is supposed to be the ecological party votes against the emergency declaration uh, on climate or votes for CETA or uh, passes a climate law that is completely underwhelming. Um, I think it's it's very rational for a lot of people to lose faith. And I think one of the problems as well was that within the climate movement uh, in Luxembourg, there has been a, a blockade, a strategic blockade at some point. Uh, we got stuck on the topic like, should we be nice with the government or should we criticize the government? <laughs> so well, there were different uh, points of view within the movement. Mm -hmm. We were never able to to find a definitive line on this. And in the end, we got stuck. And this is why there's hardly anything going on except for, you know, that occupation, that temporary autonomous zone uh, last year, which was the a breath, a breath of fresh air and the most interesting thing that came out of this uh, galaxy. But, yeah, apart from that, uh, that strategic entanglement <laughs> has not been untangled yet yet yeah last year i talked to some of the people who occupied the bobish and they told me yes that they well didn't last longer because they had to go back to study just like real life kicks in and um maybe goes hand in hand with what you say that people just lose I don't know, the attraction that they are not attracted anymore or? Well, I can maybe talk for myself personally now. I I had to take kind of break last year because it was very, you know, um, heavy to uh, know that it's all going very badly and you try to do stuff and nothing really changes. So it gets on your... I mean, on your motivation, on your mood, and um, a lot of us are um, parents, so we, you know, we also have a duty to our kids, we have jobs and everything, so we need to kind of stay <laughs> uh, in a good mental health. And um, I sometimes, I mean, a lot of activists in France, I kind of admire them because they seem to, you know, be living for that, you know? And I also believe that if you encounter like a, a group of people with whom you can really identify and maybe live like a kind of alternative, more sustainable life, it's it keeps you going, you know? And here we are kind of always torn between, you know, the regular capitalistic life of having a job and having to pay rent or whatever and trying to to do a revolutionary change so yeah it's not not easy to sustain that uh, for over longer periods and yeah so 
How many people are you in the Rise for Climate movement? About ten. Yeah. Well, I mean that. A dozen. Something yeah. Like this. Not more than that. I mean. We don't always gather together uh, all the time, but uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, periods of mobilization are, you know, they are like tides. Um, and sometimes the, the tide is going up and the tide is turning and going down. Um, and I think the tide for the climate movement, not just in Luxembourg, um, started receding already in 2019 before COVID happened. For a lot of people, COVID was a, a huge blow in terms of mobilization, which it was, uh, definitely was. Um, but the truth is, if we look at it from a more honest point of view, there was a, a glass ceiling that we were already hitting in 2019. And that glass ceiling was a social one. And that mobilization was mainly relying on sectors of the youth and sectors of, you know, the petit bourgeoisie, uh, social class. And you can only go so far when you do not have a social majority. I think one of the things that is different, for example, in Germany or in France, but even in Belgium, Uh, with Code Rouge, for example, is that they managed to integrate the fact that the environmental crisis is the latest manifestation of the class warfare, of the class struggle. Because the human being is not the problem here. Um, there's been countless civilizations before us that did not destroy their environment in such a way that the living conditions of the entire species on the entire planet is at risk. There are societies right now that are way more sustainable than we are. So the, the problem is the economic system that we have, the political system that we have, capitalism. And, well, the capitalist class, the bourgeoisie, they are living from this growth. That's where they get their richness. And to stop the growth, then we have to stop them getting richer. And actually, we have to seize their wealth to be able to share what we already have. So our interests are not the same. Their interest is to stay as rich as they are, build their bunkers, hire their private militias, And our interest is to create collective actions which will impact their interest. So it really is this. If you're not able to pay yourself a bunker, it means that you will be the, the sacrificed class. And if you look at Les Soulèvements de la Terre, or if you look at Code Rouge, and to a lesser extent, if you look at uh, how uh, Fridays for Future united with Verdi, sometimes in Germany, you see that there was this intellectual growth, which in Luxembourg was very limited. Uh, some members of the youth, and mostly those who occupied Bobish, have had that uh, political analysis and intellectual analysis. 
But as you said, they left to study because uh, they still try to, you know, build a life, which is completely fair. I mean, so do we. And as for us in Rise for Climate, well, uh, we got isolated uh, in the spectrum of organizations and collective in Luxembourg. Um, not everyone wants to talk to us. Not everyone wants to organize with us. There are still a few handful of organizations that are willing to organize with us. Um, and we antagonized a lot of people. And that's I mean, definitely our responsibility because we were very critical. But we were not able to push that narrative for the moment. And we are still trying to. We had a lot of reflection in 2021, I would say. And we came out with a new manifesto that really integrated these topics. But we have not been able to push that out to the levels that we reached um, in 2018-2019. But, I mean, that that's how it is. You know, you have to keep working and sometimes it's completely under the radar. And to be able to catch the next wave when the tide turns again. But if you're saying some organizations wouldn't want to work with you anymore, is that because you are too critical in their eyes, too a little ready for compromise? Or what's the reason? I think it's a question of, you know, that line about are we nice with the government or not? You know, a lot of environmental organizations in Luxembourg are really tied with the Greens. Uh, some of were founding members, some have family members in the Greens or friends. And to, to such an extent that to a lot of them, it was really painful to criticize the Greens because, well, it's, these are people you know. And I mean, from a human point of view, I completely understand. Uh, and if some of these organizations or people Uh, listen to this podcast or <laughs> I mean that was very hard for us to criticize them for that <laughs> yeah. we didn't like it uh, but but the thing is that this is this is not a personal criticism this is a political one because this has really concrete uh, impact and consequences this lack of emergency but since for the moment those who are impacted by these emergencies are not Luxembourgish or do not even live in Luxembourg. Who cares? The tax, the carbon tax that we have in Luxembourg is exactly the same as the one that Macron put forward in France, which gave the yellow vest. It mostly bears on the shoulders of people who do not live here. So who cares? And since most of the people who are defined as working class in Luxembourg are not Luxembourgish, who cares? They, they, they cannot have a strong voice, not only because, I mean, it's already difficult to unite a working class in a normal country, uh, but in a country like Luxembourg, where three quarters of the active population doesn't have the right to vote, which is, I mean, we are back to, you know, census, census vote, like it was 100 years ago. It's really even more difficult to try to create this common sense of we are facing the same problems, we are a united 
class, let alone, I mean, cannot even say people, but it should be like that. And these are our interests, whatever our nationality, we have to defend them together. And this is the problem that we are facing. And that analysis has been really difficult to convey to a lot of organizations. Well, I hope you get more people to reflect about these things with you. And I wish you good luck in mobilizing many, many people for the fight. <laughs> Those were the climate activists Sofia Fernandez and Brice Montagne on Local Matters. They are both members of the collective Rise for Climate Luxembourg. That was Local Matters with Francisca Peschel every Tuesday to Thursday at 9.40 on City Radio, 102.9, 105.2, 87.8 and in our podcast on rscityradio.com. <laughs>